It is Sunday, March 24th, 5.05 in the evening here in Billings, Montana. I'm Kevin Williams, broad, uh, podcasting to you from Billings, Montana. Now, a couple of things I want to go over here before we get into the podcast. People have been asking me, why do I not tell people that I am broadcasting in my Kevin cave anymore? Well, the answer to that is very simple. Um... This podcast began in a concrete basement, and so it was very appropriate to call it my Kevin Cave. That was actually the idea of somebody who encouraged me to get this podcast going in the first place, who told me I should call it my Kevin Cave, and I liked the idea, so I ran with it. Well, I'm still broadcasting in a basement, but it's not exactly a concrete hole. It's a finished basement. Other people are down here. So the Kevin Cave has lost its novelty, which is why I do not have the person doing voiceover work for me. Well, I don't play her voiceovers because it is no longer a Kevin Cave. Uh, I have uh, two people on the podcast with me today, uh, Jennifer and Janelle. How are you folks? Doing well. You never had the privilege of going down into my Kevin Cave, did you? No, No, we're a little far away. No, well, yeah, but well, you came to my house in West Jordan before, but I I never took you down oh, that's there. True. No, that's yeah. true. There was no, it's it was nothing special. It was just a concrete hole with a big carpet, a big carpet uh, that was torn somewhere, and I put it, and that's where my bed was. It was nothing special. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I missed it. Then. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk. Oh, uh, one more thing before we get started, I am going to do a podcast. I'm hoping either on Wednesday or Thursday. We're interviewing. I'm going to interview a person named Cherie. I think her last name is Ganlin or Scanlin, something like that. She does mid singles activities, uh, usually involving cruises. Have any of you heard of her before? I cannot say that I have, no. although I've certainly heard of singles cruises before. Yeah, well, this uh, <laughs> I, I got. I started getting emails, and I called her up and said, "How did you get my email?" Oh, uh, I got LDS Link sent me a whole bunch of emails. You remember LDSLink.com? Or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I used to be on there, and I said on my profile of a single, and I guess they went out of business or something. I don't even know if they're still around. Um, but anyway, I'll be interviewing her hopefully either Wednesday or Thursday. So that'll be good. And I'm just uh, very glad that I got back into the podcasting. We're going to talk about something very interesting. And for the record, I did very little preparation for this podcast because I didn't think there needed to be much. We're going to talk about the come follow me manual. Now, many of you have heard that, uh, I was a little skeptical about the Come Follow Me manual, not because I hated it, but because I just wondered to myself, how many people are actually going to do the Come Follow Me manual? Now, I'm not perfect. I haven't done it every week, uh, but I try. Uh, In fact, it was because of this podcast, I spent a good chunk of this afternoon doing the Come Follow Me manual. Uh, But uh, how do you feel about it, Jen? Well, I have to I have to say I was um I was pleasantly surprised. I mean we've always had a a Sunday school manual that was um and the and the church has gotten better and better at publishing like 
study guides for participants so that class members can prepare and get ready for Sunday school. And so I, I expected something very similar to that that would be able to be used at home, but would still be right alongside or right along the same lines as what we would have used um, before. And I was pleasantly surprised to get the new Come Follow Me manual just because of kind of the angles. I love the artwork in the manual. It's um, very beautiful and very um, connected to the stories that are the scripture stories. I like that it's got a date on every chapter, so I know that I'm up to date. I like that it's got think about questions um, and little things, little ideas for things I can do to personalize the stuff in the manual. So I, I really was charmed by it, actually. Yeah, that that's a good point. I like to think about it. Questions. What I I've been struggling studying this just on my own now since I live with my brother. I sometimes study with him and his kids and my sister-in-law. Um, I like I do I think I'm going to when I do the individual study. I think I'm actually going to start writing my thoughts down on the think about it questions because I never have before, and it occurred to me today that that's what I ought to start doing. What is your opinion about the Come Follow Me manual, Janelle? Well, I I have to say that I've actually, I've been pretty excited about it. Um, mm -hmm. Now, my excitement hasn't necessarily translated to diligent study, I will confess. Um, it's something that is still not a part of my uh, daily habit or weekly habit, but I am trying to make it more of that. <clears throat> it, I, I think, it, I feel like it's a really, it's a beautiful program in that it, it puts the onus on each one of us as individuals um, or as families, as it may be, um, to really take control of our own spiritual education, so to speak. Um, yeah. And we will get as much out of it as we are willing to put into it. Um, Amen. You know, it, it's something that, and I suppose that has always been true. Um, that the more we are willing to study and the more we are willing to effort that we put into it, um, then we will always get more out of it. But this definitely is a program that is designed to bring the spirit into our lives. Um, and it is designed to really bring the center of gospel learning back home. Uh, you know, for so many years, we have relied on the church to educate us. And, you know, mm -hmm. the church is definitely giving us guidelines, but it's very much, it, it's very much centered in the home. Yeah, and uh, I really like the way my brother teaches the Come Follow Me manual to me and his kids. And uh, I think you're right, uh, Janelle, we're going to get into what we, we're going to get out of it what we put into it. And I think you know, I, let's just uh, make a confession. How many of us actually would read the Sunday school manual before going to Sunday school? I never did. Did you? Well, I kind of skimmed it in Sunday school a lot of times. Like, I want to get ahead of the key points or whatever, but I didn't always read all the chapters involved. In fact, I rarely read all of the chapters involved before I got there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what about you, Janelle? I'm much better about studying for Relief Society than I was for Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, I yeah. agree. I was much better at that reading the talks ahead or um, yeah. reading the suggested lessons. I was much better about that just because I felt like, I don't know if I felt like I had more to contribute there or I felt like like this was Sunday school's already written, right? We're talking about the books of the, the gospel and the, um, the, the word of God is already there and we've gone through it like in a cycle every four years. And so I'm there to contribute. Absolutely. But I really felt like, I think I really felt like what I had to say was maybe more impactful in Relief Society. And so I definitely psyched myself up, like prepared myself emotionally, yeah. spiritually, mentally, kind of for that more than I did for Sunday school. Well, I'll admit, I never did uh, read the Sunday school manual ever. And now that I've been studying this Come Follow Me manual, I'm thinking, where was I during Sunday school? And why did I not bother to download the manual? in a braille file, which I could have easily done. And right. yeah, I, I'm like you. I was better at uh, studying the elders' corn lessons uh, as opposed to the reliefs uh, or as opposed to the Sunday school lessons, partly because I was an elders' corn teacher for a time and partly because yeah, that'll do right. the yeah. access was so easy. Uh, but I have to admit, I do want to go back to something you've said, uh, Janelle. I've been, uh, there are times, I'm not joking, where I don't understand a certain scripture, a certain passage, but I have to admit, uh, there are times where I really feel the Spirit just reading the manual and the New Testament. What about you folks? Oh, for sure. I, without question. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, and it, it's... The way it's set up and designed to help you ponder these things and to ask questions, to probe, and to mm -hmm. really search for meaning personally, mm -hmm. uh, that, is, that is exactly what you need to do to invite the Spirit when you are studying the gospel. When you're studying the scriptures, uh, you have to ask questions. Absolutely. I think the, what it felt like the emphasis to me in Sunday school has been up until now is learning what's in the scriptures, like getting really familiar with what's in the scriptures and kind of what are we supposed to learn? Like as a Sunday school class, as a community, as a world, like what are we supposed to learn from these scriptures from a long time ago? And now what I'm reading in the manual and when I'm studying the scriptures that are set aside in the manual, um, what I'm noticing is a lot more emphasis on how do I feel about that? How do I see that show up in my life? And how, how am I experiencing that? And I, I was just glancing through the manual just now and the lesson for this week was talking about the wheat and the tares and one of the questions it asked was, what truths in this parable inspire you to remain faithful in spite of the wickedness of the world? And I love the way that's worded. I mean, that's the way these questions are worded is, what truths in this, in this parable inspire you? And I, thinking of that thinks, think about all the layers of that question. What truths exist in this parable? And how do I act on them? And oh, that's just a lot of layers to think about for myself. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, as we talk about this, 
I kind of wonder if it would be a good idea for me, kind of a sidestep, and uh, we could certainly get into this off the podcast as well. We can talk about it on the podcast. I don't know if you've heard of a push-to-talk app called Zello. Uh, spelled Z-E-L-L-O, Zello. And it's mm, a push-to-talk app. Okay, well, it's a push-to-talk app. I'm actually thinking about the possibility of setting up a Come Follow Me singles group or something like that. Uh, I don't know how many people join, but it would be interesting to find out. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway. It's been um, interesting to think about people all over the world who are studying exactly the same thing at the exact same time. Yeah. There's a huge think, sense of community that comes with this. Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting, too, how the how it's very individualized. You can study it any way you want to. The uh, conference... Uh, the conference talk that talked about the Come Follow Me manual encouraged to study groups, which I know in the past, mm-hmm. for some people, study groups in the church have had a bad reputation because of certain extremists out there, which uh, I won't mention names right now, but uh, you might know who I'm talking about. Uh, certain extremists or people who are deemed to be extremists would form these study groups and go off and do their own thing but uh, in this case I think it's interesting that come follow me manual is very organized and I've been reading uh, today about uh, well actually the wheat and the tares last week's lesson this week's lesson has to do with uh, the 5,000 the 5,000 loaves of bread and the the fish the two fish Mm -hmm. that were broken into 5,000 and I've never thought about it. I've just heard the par- I just heard the whole story as a kid and thought, "Wow, uh, the Savior must have formed some mighty miracle here, breaking up all uh, two fish and putting them into five thousand. That's it dawned on me today as I read the manual. There is a whole lot more to this story than we think. It actually mentioned. James E. Faust, May Ensign, which, as you know, May Ensign means April Conference of 94 in this case. So I went and listened to the talk, and I thought, there's a lot more to this story than I thought there was. Uh, It's (laughs) making me really think about that. What do you folks think? Well, I think, think, absolutely. Go ahead. Well, just, uh, and I think that's true of of so much of the scriptures. This is kind of expanding our mind's eye um you know as we come to understand and become more familiar personally familiar with the scriptures and the stories that are there Mm -hmm. yeah uh what uh, so far uh jennifer what lesson has stuck out with you in the come follow me manual i was looking actually in preparing for this afternoon, I was just kind of looking back through and thinking, what did catch my attention? Um, and I think one of the things that, that caught me was um, I was studying um, mid-February. I was studying in John 2 to 4. It was about the woman at the well and Jesus Christ offering living water. And... Um, I got thinking about different types of water and 
I did this kind of circle around what does it matter what kind of water we drink and what are the properties of water and why is it so important for us to drink water and so why would it be important for us what would it meant what would have what would it have meant to that woman at the well to not thirst again or you know to be well to be eternally satisfied like that and what does it mean for me to never thirst again right to always have that living water within me and why is that important i i think it just got me like i spent a whole week it was the coolest thing because i did read it the week before like (laughs) the sunday after church i read it in preparation for the next week and i thought about it all week and it's you know when you're on your a game that's how i want to read these lessons is the week before so i can ponder them and then the end of the week is kind of the the sunday at the end is the culmination where i say okay, here's what I've been thinking about all week and here's what I've been inspired about all week and I can share that in Sunday school or whatever when I'm talking to other people, but that's not always, I'm not always as good about that, but that particular week, it just circled around and around in my mind about how I can help. Like if I saw someone else struggling through the desert and they didn't have anything to drink, I would want to share my water with them um, and how I do have access to the living water of Jesus Christ, and I should want to share the thirsty with with thirsty people in the world, and just what opportunities do I have to do that? And it was just a pretty amazing week. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with you. I thought about that myself. Uh, I. Um, what it what uh, I know you haven't read it much, Janelle, but from what little you've read or whatever, what uh, lesson has stuck out with you, or what about the manual stuck out with you? Well, I, I think what has stuck out with me is, um, you know, I I have had the opportunity of um, studying with others, um, you know, whether it be visiting my sister's family and seeing that, but you know, also there are study groups. I, I'm a member of a, a single adult ward and there's several um, groups that have, have popped up there um, both that have been formed by the ward um, and simply formed by people who I'm acquainted with because of the ward. And uh, you know, just there's one, one group that I'm a part of that we meet monthly and I have really appreciated the um the conversations that we have had based on our studies and our thoughts and and the questions that um we have asked um both both those that are uh given in the in the outline of come follow me but also those that um have come to us as we are studying uh, you know, as an example, this last week, um, we ended up having a, a rather in-depth conversation about uh, what it is to be set apart. Um, and we talked about it in the, in the context of being called and set apart, um, but also um, how, how, we are set apart in other ways and what exactly that means. Um, and it just, it's really, I love um, that we're, we're diving a little deeper into things and we're expanding our understanding. Um, and it's, 
I love that, that we can certainly do it as individuals and that's how it's designed, but we also uh, can do it with others. You know, it is designed for individuals and families. And as the case is, being single, um, we kind of expand that family circle a little bit. Uh, and we can lean on each other and learn from each other. Uh, so I, I think what I'm going to say is, is standing out to me is not necessarily a specific lesson from Come, Come Follow Me. but what I am learning simply from doing it and simply from mm. asking and the questioning as well as the discussing and the, the digging a little deeper. Yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Janelle. I think uh, I learned more studying with different people because I don't know about you, but it could be just me. When I read something, I think, oh, I don't get it. And yeah, I may feel the spirit, but I still don't get it. And I just kind of doze off or something. And then somebody mm -hmm. explains it. Um, yeah, I, I think the whole idea is we're supposed to learn from each other. Definitely individually as well. If you're in a place where there's not very many members of the church or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree. I, th I think uh, the study groups are good. Are there quite a few study groups in the mid-singles ward, Janelle? Because you and I used to be in the same mid-singles ward together. Oh, and Jen too. Oh, yes. Yeah, Jen. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, yes, I, I do believe that there are um, quite a few. And, and I'm not aware of all of them, I am sure. Yeah. Um, like I said, we have we have some that have been set up officially through the ward, like our family home evenings on Monday nights. Um, not all of them, but uh, probably half of them in a month mm -hmm. are study group. And well, that's cool. You know, it, it's been set up to be able to study, come follow me together. Oh, uh, wow. There's also, you know, these unofficial ones, um, like this particular one that I'm a part of and um, another group of friends that I have, um, we've discussed setting one up. I actually digitally because one of, one of my friends lives out of state. So something similar to the conversation that we are having now, but, um, do you do it over yeah. zoom? We have not discussed what, uh, what app we would use. Oh, okay. I'm very prejudiced towards zoom. I, I think people listening to the podcast can tell. <laughs> well, it's so far, so um, yeah, that's definitely an option. Yeah. Um, what about you, uh, Jen? I know you said you study with uh, a family member. Do you study with other singles or not? Yeah. I, I know you do. Um, I have a tendency not to, okay. not formally. But the thing that's cool is when I do have, um, when I do get together with other people who are single. I mean this can easily come up in conversation. Again, ward to ward, we're all studying the same thing at the same time. So we're all having the same experiences and the same like questions and the same discussions ward to ward to ward. So it makes it really easy to talk about, oh my gosh, you know what stood out to me in Sunday school yesterday? Or you know what I was studying when I was reading through the manual today? Um, makes it really easy to have these kind of organic 
spontaneous discussions about this, which it, it keeps coming to my mind that this is very similar to the move from visiting teaching and home teaching to the ministering program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody keeps, some of the people that I talk to are like shaking their heads saying, ministering, this is just like visiting teaching. And I keep saying, well, no, if this is, yes, if you were doing visiting teaching correctly, then this is what it should have seemed like. This is what it should have been, right? But now we're formalizing that and we're saying we want everybody to be doing that better version of home teaching and visiting teaching, which is ministering. And this is, I mean, ideally, this is what we should have been doing all along, is we should have been reading the scriptures, studying them ourselves, asking ourselves these tough questions for personal application, talking about them with our families and doing family home evening lessons that were aligned with the Sunday school lessons that were aligned with the seminary lessons. We should have been doing that all along. But And when we were at our best, we kind of were, right? We were aligning, we were having conversations over dinner, and we were doing all of those things. But now we're being asked, and we're being encouraged, and we're being, being given the tools to do it formally. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah one lesson that has uh, stuck out with me is uh, the wheat and the tares. Thinking, who mm, yeah. are the wheat and the tares? I don't want to give off names because this podcast, uh, well, I don't want to point fingers at people, but just people I know. <laughs> Who are the wheat and the tares? Not that I want to judge their salvation. This has nothing to do with, just to use the name, Dan Smith, the person. No, Dan Smith, it is not you if you're Dan Smith listening to the podcast. Just using a name. <laughs> nothing to do with Dan Smith, the person, but Dan Smith, the person who decided to break away from the church or the gospel in general, decided he doesn't believe in God. Would that person be... A terrace, again, not the person Dan Smith. I'm sure if I met Dan Smith at a dinner party, we'd have a good conversation, and I might like Dan Smith. But this is the deeper Dan Smith. What do you think, uh, folks? I think... That's an, it's an interesting question. <laughs> it is. And I think, as the parable implies, we may not know until the very end who the wheat yeah. and who the tares are. Yeah. That it's pretty indistinguishable. Um, and that's... Well, I mean, I, yeah. I think the parable also talks about when we were, if we tried to get rid of the tares, we would pull up some wheat alongside it. So it's important that the wheat grow strong and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so we have to, we have to do that among the tares. We have to just be able to grow kind of in harmony in that same ground so that the wheat can grow strong. And then in the end, the harvester, who is not us, makes the determination about who are the wheat and who are the tares. Yeah, absolutely. And I think interestingly, as this parable applies to Come Follow Me, this program is designed that we may grow stronger. We may grow tall and and green and and lush that we may you know fulfill the measure of our creation and and be able to withstand what is to come um you know and and unquestionably we're seeing a hastening of the work of of right. salvation and that's i mean that's across the board that's 
we're, we're seeing a hastening of, you know, building up the, those saints who are in the gospel. We are seeing the hastening of the work to bring others into the gospel through missionary work. And we are seeing a hastening of the work for the dead. By the way, folks, mm-hmm. uh, for those listening to the podcast, if you hear noise out there, I'm sorry, my niece and nephew or whoever is a little hyper out there. So I apologize in advance. I can't do anything about the noise. Let's carry on. Well, it, you know, it could be my dog, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is an um, in, in-the-world-but-not-of-the-world thing, right? We're being asked to grow alongside the tares, but not become tares. Yeah. And stay strong and weak. That is very hard not to do, by the way, especially where I was uh, going to school in Arkansas. Uh, glad I had the gospel of Jesus Christ to anchor me. Even uh, some of my friends that were not members, I made sure that they were good Christians because I knew if I was friends with just anybody, I would get taken down quickly. So with the non-member friends that I had, I made sure that, and I'm talking about the people that I hung around, maybe not so much on campus, but off campus, I made sure that they were good Christians at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's, there are many, many wonderful people who are not a part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yep, there are. They're still, nonetheless, very good people. Salt of the earth. Yep. Yep, Yep, I can mention names, but uh, I better not. But yes, good people. (laughs) Um, That's a weird expression. I mean, I know know that it is an expression, and I even get what it means, but it just sounds weird, salt of the earth. Well, I think it's because we... we, I think it's because salt, we think of salt as being... Very strong, almost bitter if there's too much, or using salty language or whatever, but actually salt right. in its purest form cannot be corrupted. I think that's what, and the salt of the earth is in the mm-hmm. scriptures. I've seen that in the New Testament somewhere during the Come exactly. Follow Me. It's part of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, which <laughs> yes, we studied yes. uh-huh. yes. ago. <laughs> yep. Oh, I know. I'm not arguing against it. I just think it's a yeah, similar I know. Question. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, though, Jen, because I thought the same thing, too, until it was explained. Yeah. Um, well, um, that, uh, you know, you, it's the kind of the parables and, and whatnot that are designed to be taught to the Jews, you know, 2000 years ago. Mm-hmm. They, it doesn't necessarily make that much sense to us until we know it in context. And then, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, anything else? Uh, I know, uh, Janelle, I think it was you that said you had to go to a dinner appointment or something. I do. I do. I have something going on tonight. But By uh, the way, uh, Jen, if you can stay with me after the podcast, I do want to talk to you for a few minutes, if you're okay with that. Sure. Okay. Yep. You know, you're not That's in trouble, good. by the way. <laughs> oh, thank heaven. <laughs> so many answers were wrong. I don't even know. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else uh, you folks want to add to the podcast before we're done? No. Uh, I, I mean, think I... this is a fantastic resource. It's a great resource. Oh, yeah. Agreed. 
Oh, by the way, um, this is why I need to get somebody to do my voiceover work because I keep forgetting. Uh, if you want to contact me, it's Kevin W at LDSLifePodcast.com. Or uh, you can join the Facebook page. I, I'm now on Twitter. In fact, I tweeted uh, my wow. first tweet. Uh, I don't know if Donald Trump will follow me, but we'll see. That would be interesting. <laughs> I don't think he will. <laughs> All right, uh, folks. Uh, hopefully, I will be back uh, on the podcast on Wednesday or Thursday, just tying up some loose ends with Sherry. And until then, maybe I'll sing her the song, Oh, Sherry, by Steve Perry. <laughs> nice. I, I'm I sure have, she'll appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a coworker named Sherry, and every time that song comes on, we call her and tell her that her song is on, and she oh, doesn't it. <laughs> What's funny about that is the I'm song, sure uh, Oh, Sherry, had Steve Perry's ex-girlfriend in the video. Now that they're not dating, I wonder what she's thinking of it now. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully it still has some good memories for her. Yeah, yeah hopefully. It, yeah, it was fun to be in the music video. <laughs> well, folks, uh, I will talk to you later. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank thanks you. so much. Yep. Good night. <laughs>